WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 170, all about the Rings of Power, season one, episode five, Partings, being the 170th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, but right now we are all experiencing the rings of power for the first time together. Today, I am joined by just some of the wonderful ladies of Tolkien Talk. Andy, Callie, and Amber, welcome. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you guys on. Um, I am fully ripping. It's kind of a combination of some things, Amber and Andy, that you both have done on on TikTok. Um, Amber, you did this like really great compilation video of like shouting out so many non-male men creators. And Andy, you just did a really great live stream with so many great um, female creators, women creators. So I stole your ideas and I mean, did it for an episode. The more <laughs> we can get... get- like women talking in this space the more i am i'm here for it amen for uplifting uplifting the non-men talking creators it's not that we don't love the men we love them too i love a selection of them yeah Yeah, right selection (laughs) some men um but i just you know and i've said it before i just feel like if you are a non-man if you're a woman or a non-binary creator in this fandom it is so much harder to get visibility yeah Agreed. For the listener's sake, do you guys just want to do a quick rundown of um, your background with Lord of the Rings and and Tolkien so that the listeners, if they don't know who you are, um, so that they know where you're coming from, um, like with your knowledge into the series? Okay, cool. Hi, I'm Amber. I'm Critique Geek on TikTok. My background, so I started reading the books when I was about 10, 11. I read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings because the films were coming out, and I thought it was very, very important that I read the books before the films came out. True. Um, so I've been a longtime fan, and then I studied Tolkien from a liter—I mean, from literature perspective and a media studies perspective during undergrad. And then in my grad, my graduate degree is in film studies and screenwriting. So I am qualified to talk about this. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andy. I have a podcast called Tolkien with Friends, um, where we are comparing the Peter Jackson films to uh, the Lord of the Rings books. And, um, in, and then we're going to be doing The Hobbit soon, but... That's neither here nor there. Um, you can, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you can follow me on TikTok at Andy Inc. That's Andy I-N-C. It's an old username that I made up for Threadless 100 years ago. And um, everywhere else, it's like Tolkien with friends. And Callie. Hi, everybody. I'm Callie Cosplay, uh, mostly on TikTok. I also do a podcast with New Better, Do Better. It's called Voices of Arda. Um, and you can find us on YouTube and Spotify and Google Podcasts. Is that what I think that's what it's called? Started reading Tolkien, like Tolkien, very, very young. Uh, so my first relationship with it is definitely the books. And then when I got a little bit older, I'm not going to say how much older, uh, the movies came out. So then, so the movies definitely came after the books for me. <laughs> uh, but I uh, would not. I, I don't call myself a lore master or anything like that. I just enjoy the stories and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the, th- the themes of Tolkien are really what I'm here for. Same. Wonderful. Yay. <laughs> 
the episode description for this one, episode five, Partings, um, says, Nori questions her instincts. That, I feel like that didn't happen, but okay. Um, um, Maybe. (laughs) Elrond struggles to stay true to his oath. Halbrand weighs his destiny. The Southlanders prepare for attack. So that's all nice and vague. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy uh, that. And then this episode, oh, harsh. This episode on Rotten Tomatoes has a 62% critics rating. That's rough. Critics. Oh. From the real critics this time. <laughs> They've been rating um, all the other episodes like in the 80s. Mm. Um, no, I'm not yeah, surprised, but we can to, talk about why later. Okay. To compare, the previous episode was a critics rating of 88%. Interesting. That's pretty good. Then again, yeah. uh, everyone remember, rate, you know, keep in mind reviews and ratings and everything are subjective. So I guess I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm just so I'm so interested to hear other people's thoughts on this episode because I watched it and I really enjoyed seeing a lot of plots moving forward and developing. There were a few things that I was just like, meh about yeah. um and other things that i think i honestly just have no other i don't know like touchstone or reference for so i'm just like yeah this seems good to me um but yeah i enjoyed it if you saw my most recent tiktok we get some mm, quality hal brand content uh <laughs> in this episode um and at this point that's kind of what i'm here for but aside from that I appreciated this episode. I also love the Numenor theme. Mm. So anytime they bring that in, I'm like, the scene is amazing already. I know. Um, like right at the end. I mean, this isn't, oh There's. it's just a shot of the ships. Like, yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. I, and I'm like, it's beautiful. It's so pretty. Yeah. It's beautiful. The, sc- the score was really capturing me this episode, too. So, like, there were definitely a lot of standout moments that I really thought were great and I really enjoyed watching. So, that being said, what are some others' gen- general thoughts that y'all had? Uh, I mean, it's truly, for me, like, Ron Deere can do no wrong. I'm very intrigued by Adar and, like, the orcs. I-, I would just watch them. I would just watch a whole show of just, like, the Southland stuff, truly. Um... And then, and I'm interested to see what's going on with the Harfoots. I'm also interested to see where it is that they're going uh, in the part of this story. In part of this episode, they're, like, traveling. And we knew that they were doing that previously, but, um, you know, they're continuing on that journey. And I'm interested to see where they end up and how the stranger plays into that dynamic between all the other Harfoots. Because now they are, he is a part of the caravan, so, uh, but he hasn't. Had like a he's he started to play more of a part here, but I'm interested to see like how that uh, changes over time. Um, and you know, I feel like I, I watched the Numenor stuff a couple of times, and there were parts of it that I didn't particularly love at first. But like on the second watch, I was like, "All right, th- this is okay." And then uh, the stuff. W- I mean, give me. More Casa Doom, please. And then when it comes to the stuff in Linden, uh, particularly anything like Gilgalad and Celebrimbor, I'm like, it's it's not hitting for me, that part in particular. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, fine. Solid. Okay. Cool. <laughs> would you have rated it uh, 60... What was it? Mm, uh, that feels a little yeah, low. Yeah, what would actually... 
Yeah, that's a good question. What out of like a, a 100, what would you guys give this episode? I would probably give it closer to a 75 or something. I, I don't think it's like 60 in the 60s. I don't think this got a D, but I don't think it's um quite the same as previous episodes. Yeah, I probably would have given it a 70. It's like a C minus for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, around that. So yeah, maybe maybe that isn't uh, too far. The Rotten Tomatoes isn't too far off then. <laughs> yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a D, a solid D, not even a D plus. <laughs> so sad. I don't know how they do their things. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. It says um, yeah. going off the thermometer. Because I know it's supposed to be like tomato meter, yeah. but yeah. Tomometer. tomometer is so much better. It says 6.8 out of 10 was the average rating. So that's more like a 68%. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were 13 total ratings. So not a lot oh. of people rated this episode. Um, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Eight rated it fresh and five rated it rotten. So, oh, so oh. we're not even getting a whole like, lot of reviews in. Okay. Yeah, because also this, you know, this episode did come out um, just a few days ago. Yeah. So. Did it? I've watched um, it four or five times. <laughs> I know, right? It is hard to. Oh my goodness. Like the amount of like analyzing and everything that we do, it is kind of like, what do you mean? There aren't a, a thousand reviews on this yet, you know? Like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Are, are we ready to jump into, get into the, the dirty details of the episode? Yeah, I'm really, I'm just yes. not talking right now because okay. I'm afraid I'm going to say more than I should. <laughs> okay, yeah, so if you haven't, yeah, if you haven't watched no the episode, go go watch it now. Um, I don't think any of us are saying this was the moment, this was the episode that made us go like, no, I don't want to watch the show anymore. So if you're no, still I'll watching still watch it. or still yeah. wondering, I think it's worth still worth a watch. Um, all right, cool. I I'm gonna start us off with the Harfoot plot line because of how. Thoroughly, I enjoyed the traveling song. For I must now wander this wandering day. Away I must wander this wandering day. The music of this is definitely one of the biggest highlights, as it should be, because it's Tolkien and he was all about the songs and the poetry. Uh, Poppy's song was amazing. I think it was the high point of the episode, much like Deez's song last week. Mm-hmm. So I hope they keep leaning into, and I'm very McCrary's doing a great job. So I hope they really keep leaning into the, the musicality of Middle Earth, because I think that's something that the films didn't embrace quite as much as I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like they have um, more opportunities. I mean, they should be taking more opportunities to do that because song is so key. I mean, we've seen like the elves kind of singing when they're kind of overcome by the beauty of Valinor, I guess. Um, and then we've heard Disa sing. I would like to hear more dwarf singing. I mean, we did get to see Numenorians sing a little bit this episode, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. They had their little drinking That was good, song. too. So I, I love that they're sprinkling that in. Um, mm-hmm. Because it also really makes the world feel more lived in, I think. When, mm-hmm. you know, just they're just, like, singing and, you know, doing regular things. and Yeah, it's just... It's a part of their culture that we're seeing. And also, like, on a character perspective, it's so beautiful that 
this is Poppy's mother's song. Mm. And we learned, I think it was the previous episode, we learned that her whole family died in the previous migration. So it's really beautiful to see that, like, this is something that she's a way that she's able to still connect with her mom. Mm. Yeah, I really thought Nori was going to be the Hobbit for me, but somehow Poppy has just stolen all my feels. All yeah. of them. Yeah. Like the happiness. If anything and happens the to Poppy, and, we write it. Yeah. I mean, Poppy's so. kind of the Sam of the season, you know? Like she, yeah. the way that she is um, the counterpart to Nori, but also she's very focused on like trying to keep her safe. And she's, um, I don't know, she's just so sweet and she's been through a lot. And so I think that they're something special about her. And I, I hope we get to mm-hmm. see more of her character because it's really focusing on. Nori and the stranger, I feel like, for a lot of this yeah. episode. So I hope we get to see more Poppy, like, with, maybe it's with Nori. Maybe she gets a moment with the stranger. I don't know, but I'd like to get to know her a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the stranger, I feel, I, I feel bad calling him the stranger because I- They need to give him a name. I, I know. know, right? Or like, the big fella. I, I, <laughs> yeah. 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 The big, yeah. The big folk or something. I don't know. But we see he's like, he's making progress on his language skills, but like really, in really like cute ways uh, at the start of the episode, he's saying my great thumb and Nori corrects him. No, migration. Mm-hmm. Um, so like seeing those moments where they're like still connecting and she's teaching him and this is why I'm kind of like annoyed with all of the who's Sauron talk. Oh yeah. But <laughs> this is why I don't think um the stranger is going to be Sauron or even a Balrog or something evil yeah. because you see him showing remorse when he finds out like the fireflies what- what yeah he found yeah oh my god like you see him showing remorse for that you see him showing remorse when he um snaps out of that trance later in the episode and realizes that he hurt Nori Mm -hmm. and so I don't think he's an evil entity no I don't think so either I I really feel like he's something new Um, yeah and and I also think it would be like I mean it doesn't really make sense for him to be Sauron because it would be so bizarre for Sauron to be interacting with the hobbits in this way a a group of people Mm. that he like famously neglected to acknowledge in Lord of the Rings. So I so that's a no for me, dog. And uh but I but I do I really like the dynamic between him and Nori in that I I she has been so I mean all of them really they're really sheltered within their little bubble of Harfoots, right? And this is kind of like her first um like literally big interaction with someone else and it's it's interesting how i think that this is going to help her grow in some ways but like there are parts where um like she's obviously helping him and um when we my, my husband were watching and when he says i'm peril and josh was like this is like the iron giant like yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, it is. Oh my gosh. But then when she um reaches out to him, like she wants to help him, right? And I and mm. I, that's totally in her nature as well as Poppy's, I think, but um she's just thinking a little bit bigger and she goes to help him, but I'm like, okay, ma'am, like do not touch him when he's speaking some like Yeah, language. I was kind of like, all right, Girl, that was your fault. Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> that's on you. He didn't respond. Back away. Like, he can't. He clearly, once he's in that kind of vibe, he can't 
snap out of it until it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys what do you guys think that was all about him um after he gets hurt from the I couldn't tell what that was if it was like a warg, a warthog or something. They look like <laughs> piggies, don't no, they? Wolves. They call them really wolves. awkward-looking wolves. The creature yeah. they refer to as wolves, that's all we know. Um after he gets hurt and he's trying to like, I, I'm assuming he's like healing himself, but like his hand is covered in ice, like, and he's chanting like, "What's going on there?" I, yeah, you know, so I'm like, I'm not convinced he's good. I'm not convinced he's bad. I know. I'm still convinced he's one of the Meyer, <laughs> one way or another. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, some original Meyer maybe. But like, yeah, no. When he like it's um when he smashes his hand into the ground, that's sort of our uh, lesson for why wizards need staffs. Um. So when they when they cast their magic that um They're not that they need hurting. like a like a like a vessel to channel it through or else they mm. can harm themselves like that. Um so yeah, I think he is healing himself. Mm-hmm. It's a little like not clear how. cuz it looks like he's hurting himself and that's why Nori grabs him. Um because you know, she's a, it does I don't know. I I thought people were going to lose some hands or arms or something in here. I thought her hand for was sure. going to snap off. I, I thought her hand was going to snap like for freeze and snap and that would have been really terrible. So Oh my god, terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. We see some very like we go from fire magic to ice magic mm-hmm. somehow, mm-hmm. which is I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, that's But true. it makes me think, think less of- Balrog at least. Yeah, I mean, it, I just think true. about the Robert Frost poem. Mm-hmm. The whole uh, Robert Frost poem. Some say the world will end in fire. Oh, right. Some say in ice. I could see them being inspired by that. That's why I'm still not convinced he's good. <laughs> I know we want him to be, but I'm yeah, not convinced. I just don't. I know. I just don't know because I I felt so bad because there's that great moment where he saves saves everyone mm-hmm. from the wolves, and you're like, oh my god, this is like the big breakthrough moment for him. And then it's it's almost immediately followed by him accidentally hurting Nori and Nori being afraid of him. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my god, like two you know two steps forward, one step back, and it's like, oh, I thought we were like making a breakthrough with like who this person is, but then we see that it's still not quite there yet. So yeah, just like a lot of mystery still surrounding him. And we have the the cultists of Sardan tracking him as yes. well. They are. They found the impact site of the meteor, and we have who. It's not a named character, and we only see them for like thirty seconds. But it's. I, I don't. I've been referring to him as "Welcome to the Black Parade, Kid." <laughs> He's just like shady. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the constellation that exactly that the. Uh, stranger is looking for but it kind of looked like that it was a constellation on their like the back of their on the shield thing mirror thing yeah oh interesting so yeah. i think and we've also heard that like from what's his stupid name waldrig sorry <laughs> yeah he's the worst um but <laughs> yeah he uh was just like thought that the meteor had something to do with the coming of Sauron and it's like mm. I just keep thinking about that because I don't think that the meteor or man is him like I don't think yeah. the stranger necessarily has anything to do with him but I think it might be a signal to people like I don't know what Sauron said about his return to people like I don't know how they got that idea but it just makes me think about I think a big part of this show is thinking about um 
how myths happen because we see that with the humans in the Southlands and like the story they tell about themselves versus how the elves see them. And then we also see like the way we've already seen that with Farazhan and like the way that they talk about the past of Numenor and how it's like not quite, not quite accurate. Right. And so it just makes me think about how, and like the whole story itself really is them playing with a text that isn't quite filled in and then they're kind of expanding upon it, which I think a lot of mythologies do. Like you have different authors telling similar stories about char- same characters, but they're all different depending on what they're trying to convey, right? And so when it comes to within this story with the cultists, um, I think that they're there's got to be some kind of a similar narrative going on between what's happening with the men of the Southlands and then whatever they think the meteor means. But I don't think that Meteor Man has any idea that he it may be tied to some evil yeah. prophecy, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't... I think this random character who they dropped in we've seen we saw some pictures of him um that i think were released earlier um but this is the first time we're seeing him him in the show and i think we were led to believe or it was like implied or hinted at that the like oh this is going to be sauron and then everyone's like well wait a minute nothing says that this is actually sauron so there's still again this is kind of why i'm like Guys, the entire point of this show isn't to find out who Sauron is, <laughs> right. you know? I, Sauron has literally become the Mephisto of Rings of Power, except unlike WandaVision, we know we're actually going to see Sauron. We have to see Sauron at some point. He's uh, central to the plot. But I feel like it's just flashbacks to everyone theorizing, oh, is this character Mephisto in WandaVision? Is this character Mephisto in WandaVision? We're doing it with Sauron now. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I think that, like, I understand... Um, wanting to know who Sauron is, but at the same time, I personally, I don't think that we have seen him. Um, I think that's been a lot of red herrings. I think that Sauron is going to be his own kind of reveal. Um, and, Mm. but I, but I do just want to, I hope that people also like, like, sure, like we can theorize all we want and chat about it for hours until like our faces turn blue. But at the end of the day, like, I do hope that as a viewer, you're kind of just, there is a part of you that should just be along for the ride. Um, Otherwise, I think it it takes some of the enjoyment out of it, at least personally. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where where we leave the Harfoots this episode. Where do you guys want to jump next? What are you eager to talk about? Well, since we talked about Sauron, uh, maybe to the Southlands. The Southlands, okay. <laughs> where Baldrig has that really hilarious interaction with Adar. Oh my god. Which gosh. is what we were all oh, thinking in our brains he's anyway. The worst. Where he's yeah, like, I, I'll serve you Sauron. I saw, it was, it I saw someone use that as a meme of like every Rings of Power fan is like, you are Sauron, right? <laughs> like, are you Sauron? I love that they're, they keep doing this. Like, Arondir did it with Adar and now Waldrig, where they're, like, asking the question that we're all like, why do they call you Who dad? Are you? And then, like, yeah. are, you're Sauron, right? And then Adar's like, doesn't even, like, he gets angry, but I also feel like he was probably going to just do that anyway. When I think about yeah. it, because he moved towards the kid I can't remember the kid's name, but he moved towards the kid before he had doesn't even said that. Doesn't matter what his name is now. No, it doesn't yeah. matter now. Rowan is gone. He did. I thought that was really interesting. Rip. 
they chose to cut away from that, but there have also been a lot of other really violent moments that they show, like, the, full the, force. The warg scene was pretty gnarly, like, previously, so I was surprised, too. Yeah, but kind of, I feel like a, a trait of, like, cinematic adaptations of Tolkien is that you never really see the good guys getting hurt. Like, they get little nicks here and there, little bruises, but we don't, you don't, you cut away when the good guys, like, are getting unalived, right? Yeah. Like, you mostly cut away. I'm thinking of, like, when the warg gets the, uh, I forgot his name, when the Rohirrim and Two Towers. Oh, yeah. Versus, like, versus, like, the orcs, you see them unaliving all the time. I, I'm not on TikTok right now. I can say dying. You see <laughs> yeah. them dying all the time. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't that, like, so, like, what a weird thing yep. in our, like, are like colloquialisms of like different parts of the internet yeah um things that like if you told your past self this they would be like no what is wrong with you why are you talking (laughs) like this (laughs) yeah yeah we see a whole we see like half of the village of the southlanders um go to sauron to give in so that they don't die maybe and i say this really lightly maybe i haven't been giving theo enough credit because he stayed behind and it wasn't like oh he snuck in the back of the crowd waldrig looked directly at him and said come on theo Mm -hmm. he had the opportunity to turn and go with them and he also showed Arondir the um, I know. blade thing. I really appreciated that so much. I'm like, good for Which you, I kid. Was, I was really surprised about. So I'm like, maybe he's not. I've like this entire time. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's witch king. He's going to be evil for sure. But now I'm like, I don't know. We're Same. seeing him taking this- active choices to not go dark. Versus we see in that a moment where Bronwyn is forced to choose between her son living or possibly dying. She was almost immediately ready to go. Yeah. She yeah. We, we, I'm we worried see, about her. Yeah. We see like a flip there where a few moments ago she was rallying the troops, right? And then as soon mm-hmm. as she learns about the sword or realizes that the sword is um, with Theo, she's like, the only option I can think of is to, you know do the swearing fealty thing whereas theo has the conversation with the rondir about like preparing to for battle you know mm-hmm. um so yeah kelly i i, I uh echo the sentiment of being worried yeah i support women's rights but i also support, support women's <laughs> whatever whatever she does she's my writer guy i don't care but i wonder like so they show her sort of in in my view when she was taking lead Becoming not a queen of her people, but she does say, I'm not the king you were waiting for, but I am, mm-hmm. you know, some, along those lines. She's and, like, but mm-hmm. I am now. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no, now. bow down. And we know the Nazgul are all kings and leaders and, you know, kings, queens and yep. leaders. And yep. I'm like, oh yep. my gosh, is she going to go dark? Is that going to be like her story? I don't know now. I've been, I've been on board with that theory for months now. Oh. And I know people are also theorizing, we're not getting to know her yet, but people are also theorizing that. Um, Adian could end up being a Nazgul. Mm. So we might see a lady Nazgul. I don't know who. Woo! <laughs> this is what representation <laughs> means. Equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting oh to think gosh. about how 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 quick she was to to make that switch um, when, when she was the one trying to rally yeah. people. And in a moment, I've spoken about this in previous episodes that I don't feel any sort of 
love between Bronwyn and Theo. I don't like there's not yeah. like watching like if you were to, I think if you were to just show like a few random interactions to someone, I don't think you, they would know that they're supposed to be mother and son. Yeah. And so I don't like do I believe that a mother would want to protect her son? Yes. But I'm not believing it. I'm not feeling it from. Yeah, them. it's I disagree. Really? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. And like, I do want to say this caveat that like, I still think Bronwyn's a great character. And I still think, I don't know, this is just, Andy, I thought it was so funny that you were saying that like, the Southlanders is who I could watch like a whole episode of. This is the plot line that w- when we jump to, I don't really care about. Interesting. I'm going to say it. There we go. I like the characters. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Deer, he's great. Bronwyn, she's great. Theo. Fine. Is there. Is there. <laughs> But this part of the plot, I'm just kind of, I just, I just don't feel any sort of connection. So I'm like, I don't necessarily care what happens to these people. Mm. Even though they're closest to like, well, they're in the Southlands, which will become Mordor. Mm -hmm. And they're most, I feel like they're maybe going to be the, they're very tied to Sauron and his, Mm -hmm. his, um success mm-hmm. so now that they're ramping up I, I think I'm more interested in them now kind of touching back on the mother-son relationship yeah it's not maybe not the warm fuzzy relationships we're used to seeing on screen but to me it's a very realistic portrayal of a woman with a teenage son who misbehaves and does not sure, listen yeah. to her a lot and kind of dealing with that unruly um teenager that you still love and you're trying to relate to but he's you know you're pulling in opposite directions yeah i mean it's interesting to think about how when arondir was like i'm going east to figure out what the hell is wrong with that cow and then she's like i'm coming with you and i was like oh what about your kid okay yeah Uh, she kind of didn't really (laughs) i guess but i was like "Mm, stressful and then at the same time, though, when that orc was in their house, I mean, she was she didn't run when Theo told her to. She stayed behind and made sure that that orc mm-hmm. did not, you know, do anything else to her kid, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah. We're not given his exact age, but it, the actor's 16. So we okay. should, I, think I guess in the this kid's episode, about 15, 16. In this episode, I think they, uh, Aaron Deer says that he's 14 because yeah. he, oh, he says, because um, he that. said, which I really enjoyed that scene. <laughs> First of all, I was kind of laughing because I'm like, all right, Theo's getting to know his new dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Finally. But like, actually. Yeah. But it was a nice, it was a nice little moment of Aaron Deer like teaching him and like bonding with him. Um, and he says like, I commend you, you know, it's taken me 200 years to have enough bravery to be standing here with you all, and you have that much bravery at 14 years. (gasps) Right, 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 right. Yeah, Yeah. I really love that scene. See, this is why I do really like the Southlands, because I feel like the writing here, like the dialogue between the characters is more on point. Uh, It Mm. it feels much more believable to me than some of the, like, stuff that happens in Linden, for example. But I loved the archery lesson i love that theo even when he was like but half left and around was like but half stayed including you yeah. buddy i mean i just thought that was so sweet and that's kind of the tipping point for theo to show around the the sword and mm-hmm. what totally threw me for a loop uh is that i thought that that tower was elvish at first like the tippity top it's very like flowy we've got a creepy statue and you know bronwyn talking about how um this is 
you know, that they can turn it into a symbol of their strength and ha- instead of their, um, I can't remember what the word was, but basically like showing, like flipping the script on men uh, from what this tower used to be. And I'm like, who is the creepy statue of? Why is the, was it a yeah. Sauron worshiping yeah. center? And that was his sword that was in that statue? I thought we were going to have a sword in the stone kind of a moment like I thought Theo was gonna go over and put the top and and then take the full blade out you know and yeah I don't know what that's about and also the fact that that whole like evil shrine was there the whole time and Aaron is like wait a minute and just like move some leaves around I'm like seriously you guys have been here for weeks and you have so many villagers not one person was like hey what's this like open area over here and I thought this was the outpost that the elves were using am I wrong it's a different tower, but I guess not. Like they've been watching that tower for a very long time, <laughs> and so I, it makes me yeah, think that the elves speed. just let the the weeds like grow over it, so they don't have to Gr- look at yeah. it. They're like, Meh. Yeah, gross. And I'm like, but they, but like the person that's holding the the sword that Dio has, like in the statue, I'm like, you can't really see what they look like, right? It's like no. shri- it's like hooded. Yeah, I, I, I still, I'm, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think about that. All that sword being a key. Um, a key right. to, like where, what, or yes, or metaphorical key, or mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm reserving judgment <laughs> until yeah. I see. Yeah, and why does Adar it. want it so bad? Mm. I'm I heard someone say it could be the key to making the um Arotru and um erupt, but <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Uh, yeah (laughs) there have been a lot of crazy theories (laughs) floating around for for the listener for the listeners at home and definitely not the host um what is that (laughs) that you just mentioned um, oh okay okay yeah sorry (laughs) it's our it's gonna be our future forge for the one ring (laughs) got it yeah i think that sucker is gonna blow at some point based on like imagery that we've seen but yeah, I I mean oh, the yeah. whole moment with Adar before this, with he's like chilling with his orc buddy, and they're like talking about um, the sun, and Adar says that he's going to miss its warmth. Like he yeah, and I'm like, you don't have. What to is Adar do planning that? to do to himself? <laughs> like I don't. Know. I just want to be like, sir, well, isn't it because when they basically they're gonna terraform Mordor to be dark all the time for the orcs? I mean, like yeah. I guess so. I guess I thought that he was going to do something more, like, metaphysical to himself. Um, I mean, he has alluded to trying to want to be a god. Um, yes. So, I guess I was maybe leaning a little bit too much into my Harry Potter days of, like, get into a cauldron, <laughs> do some magic well, on their also, body. <laughs> I was getting some Harry, some Harry Potter vibes in that scene where he says, show me your arm. Because oh that's God. big. Vold- yeah. like, Vol- how many times did Voldemort say that to, like, Peter Pettigrew or Snape or someone to see the dark Oh, my mark? God. So, so like- true. <laughs> and he just, like, wanted to burn his friend. I'm like, that's a little Yeah, rude. he's like. Yeah, I didn't get like that. Mm, interesting. I'm like, you, you like, know what happens. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That you yeah. Know. It's, it's just, it, it's incongruent as a Lord Father compared to the mercy and the love he showed in the previous or previous episode. Uh, yeah, where he put that one out of his misery. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of I think strange. Gives him layers, Clearly though. he's an abusive father <laughs> figure to them. Yeah. <laughs> a toxic, <laughs> manipulative one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not the kind of uh, dad you should model yourself after. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, also, side note, ever since he was introduced, Adar has reminded me of something or someone. 
and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I finally did after someone tweeted a gif about it. Um, Adar reminds me of Noel Fielding. <laughs> oh, uh, he is one of the hosts on Great British Bake Off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my um, God. The one with the long hair. Yes. And also for the oldies on the internet, he, for those that don't know, Noel Fielding was old Greg. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the Mighty Boosh. What yeah. a, what a time. Yeah. Yeah, those are so, some obscure references anyway. right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But can I also just say, speaking of references, there's a when they enter that forest uh, with the Harfoots, and Poppy said, "What madness made them go this way?" I was like, "All right, Gimli, I hear you." Like, what madness drove mm-hmm. me them there? Drove me there about when they entered Fangorn? I was like, "I see you." I see you there with your madness reference. Um, can we? <laughs> and then before we leave the Harfoots too soon, I did. I did forget that I wanted to talk about this, but that um, yeah, please the the direction they're going. I've been kind of seeing conflicting reports about like because I feel like the shots of the map were to kind of show where they were going were a little confusing because there were definitely things that aren't like on my version of Middle Earth map. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely seems like if they're not headed towards like dead marshes type of area. I mean, not, it won't be a marsh now, um, but I was also thinking that it could also be Athelian because they talk about a grove, um, and then Athelian is considered the Garden of Gondor later, so it could be that, it could be closer to the Brownlands, which I'm, I'm just kind of hoping that whatever grove it is has Entwives. Yes. yes. The um, I do. This goes all the way back to episode one. It was something that I didn't mention because obviously there are like there were so many other things to talk about in episode one. But when we see the comet yes. flying through the air, there's a shot of the Ents reacting and a baby like, one. moving yes. through. And an Entling. Like I, I, I the Ents are one of my like top favorite parts of Lord and of the And when Rings, I say so. this, and I'm... I'm hoping that I'm right because you can't just give us five seconds of Ent in this show. And then just not touch on it. Yeah. That would just be rude. We want so, And also, I think it's going to be was, like, was, I also think it's going to be another one of those things where like, they're building a world that you fall in love with. The Ent Wives, I think, could be a very big part of it. See it destroyed. And, yeah. And just <laughs> yeet. I know. <laughs> Destruction. Oh, you liked this? Nope. It's gone. Too bad. I can, Too bad. I can see them yeah, doing it I feel like for that. Yeah. That's my biggest piece of advice piece of advice for anyone watching Rings of Power is don't get too overly attached to anyone that they're introducing in the second age because the only oh, two we know make it to the third <laughs> age are El Elrond and Galadriel and Celeborn yeah. should exist somewhere. Somewhere. He's, He's again somewhere. I mean we know Elizabeth and Galadriel and Celeborn. Right now are in an open relationship and Celeborn is sitting at home, happily married, and his wife is traversing the land and he's just <laughs> no, like drinking tea. That's, she, that's what's happening. She had a line in this episode when she has like the heart to heart with Helmbrand and this is totally skipping to Numenor. Sorry. I was going to say, do we want to jump? Yeah. Do we want to jump Numenor. to Numenor then? Yeah. yeah. Onto Numenor. Uh, <laughs> she has, she has a line when she's talking with Helmbrand saying that her obsession with Sauron and everything has damaged all her relationships in her life. And I know they had kind of been talking about like the elves of Lindon and Elrond and whatnot. I was like, what if, what if that's uh, includes Celeborn too? What if they're Calibor- they're and they're currently like in a separation? Oh. <laughs> well, because they actually did. They 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 lived together and they lived apart throughout their marriage um, during times. I and get it's it. because you know they're off doing different things. 
So I'm, I'll be really interested if we, maybe she is married. Maybe we are going to see him in the series, but just not season one. I hope yeah. I think I've seen that he is a character like planned for the show and that they've casted someone for him. I don't know, but I think I've seen that Celeborn is a character in the show oh, for a future season. So, well, I would have to see if Calabrian's going to be there too. I yeah. want to see Galadriel as a mother. I know, but I also don't want to see Elrond fall in love with a baby. <laughs> Hopefully, she's she's at least like twenty-ish. Yeah, she just like sneaks in, in there. <laughs> But I, I know it, that's why uh, the elven stuff it just it gets tricky yeah <laughs> you can't think about you can't think about it too hard no. i know no, i know don't think about it um, the elves are like the royal family just just don't think about it yeah. okay so i don't want to harp too much on halbrand but you're allowed i mean the opening shot of him stoking the flames and blacksmithing, and it's in slow-mo. Are you kidding me? They, they know. knew what they were doing. There are multiple Listen. times where it's like, okay, guys, like, there's stuff with Elrond and you can... stuff, too. So it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. They know what they're doing. But you can harp all you want on Halbrand as long as I get to talk about Elendil. Oh, my God. I'm in love yeah. with him. Because, oh. <laughs> He's showing some... He's showing some tough love. That okay, so Isils are going over to him and saying, Put me at the front of the line. And him being like, Do you have any qualifications? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes. I'm like, Isils are no being a little <laughs> right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let's maybe think about your place in all of this and just calm down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're not gonna single handedly save everyone. But on, I also on love Earth, it because you know? it's like he just f***ed up so bad by getting him and his friends kicked out of the Sea Guard, and it's like, and mm-hmm. now you want me to reward you with a trip to Middle Earth that you're like begging yeah. me for? No. Yeah. Like, and you- I like that his friend put him in his place too when he asked his friends yes. to sneak him on, and he was like, "Look, man, I love you, no but free I'm not gonna put my reputation." On and, on it, and yeah. that was tough love, man. But that it was, was good though, because he. I love that he was like, "Hey, you're maybe my best friend," and then their other friend was like, "Hey, hey. excuse me, yeah." But like, and he's like, okay. "Yeah, yeah, um, yeah." When he goes to find them, and that uh, his friend, the one who gets promoted to, they say in the show they say lieutenant, but it's very an, Ama- an American it's lieutenant Canadians, you know? we say lieutenant still <laughs> I was like Downton Abbey vibes all the way <laughs> oh anyway yeah that friend is Valendil yeah my previous guest pointed out is the name of one of his sealed sons yeah. so and so, now yeah. that he's been promoted to lieutenant we are 5,000% gonna see him die yes. a oh yeah, yeah. We are. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably Saving Isildur or doing something oh, courageous. Isildur, gosh. <laughs> and so he goes, yeah, he goes and Valendil is immediately like, no, I know it. He- he's not here to apologize. He's here to ask me to put him on the boat. And then there's this long pause and he's like, mm, but can you? And I'm like, <sighs> and then, and then he says like, no, I did apologize. And I'm like, no, you didn't. The words, I'm sorry, did not come out of yeah, your mouth like, at all. Not once. Not See, this once. is the part where, like, I would have been the friend. I'm like, oh, you apologize for what? For what? I need to hear exactly yeah. what yeah. you're, like, because I know, I have, th- I've noticed this thing with guys. Sometimes they'll, they'll just say, I'm sorry, because they know they want, you want to hear it. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. let's, let, let, exactly what are you sorry for in this 
in this instance. Um, I don't want you to be yeah. sorry that I'm mad. I want you to be sorry for what the thing that you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a kindergarten worksheet of like explaining step by step like this is how you should apologize you don't apologize that like i'm sorry i made you upset Mm -hmm. you apologize for your actions and like what were those actions i'm sorry i kicked you off the the sea guard Mm -hmm. okay but what what else is there to that i'm sorry that i didn't take your commitment to this seriously Mm -hmm. is what it gets down to Mm -hmm. which he says (gasps) Isildur, I hope one day you find something that you care so much about that you would sacrifice anything and for. I was and like, I was like, ah! I was like <laughs> that's a bit too... Anything, though? Like, <laughs> do we want to maybe rethink that statement? I was like, bit. that was like pretty extreme. I thought we were just talking about career stuff. Like, I wouldn't sacrifice... A lot of it, like for my career. Have you ever heard of work-life balance, Valendia? Like, um, <laughs> that too. But I was just like, no. Well, he is gonna find something like that one day. Don't you worry. <laughs> I know. I was like, sometimes they they do things, and I'm like, guys, like seriously. <laughs> it's a bit too on the nose with with yeah. the writing there. I think it's nuts. My biggest issue with the writing, since we're going to talk about the writing now, is that I feel like they stay in scenes just a little too long. Mm. And that this is a screenwriting thing where you don't want to stay in a sing- scene longer than it needs to be. So you always mm. check your beginning and your end. Can I start this later? Can I get out of this sooner? And one scene in particular that I really noticed it with, even though I loved the idea of it and I loved it in general, was when Galadriel was training with uh, the Numenorean mm. soldiers. And I was like, you know, it's great. I love that she's a badass. We know she's a badass. I feel like they could have cut that scene yeah. down mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, t- yeah. I will say, like, this episode was, I think it was 112, 112. It was one hour and 12 minutes. They, and all of the episodes have been a little bit over an hour. And I thought that yeah. was supposed to be just the exception for the first mm-hmm. two episodes. Yeah. Um, But it's looking like it's every episode and they really need to like 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 an hour-long episode is a pretty good pacing thing yeah. and so i really wish that's what they would figure out how to get down yeah to. i agree yeah. i think that they're i mean but, but that's one thing about tv is that it's like when you have especially when you have like a big planned arc like this i can't really think of any show where i'm like i mean there's shows that i've liked in the first season but i feel like they always get better by season two, season three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would agree with that. So it's like... First seasons are hard because there's so much setting oh, up. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like... I mean, we're kind of watching them learn as they go. I'm interested to see what what they take from this for the second season. But yeah, I, I agree that like stuff like that could have been cut down and like... I don't know. It's... It, it's interesting how, because um, in Numenor, we have a bunch of different things happening all at once. Like, there's the stuff with Isildur and Elendil and, like, Isildur's friends. And then there's also the stuff between Galadriel and Halbrand. And then we have also got Farazan, Aeodian, and Kemen. What? Kemen. Yeah, Kemen. I always want to call him Kevin. Same! <laughs> he looks like a Kevin. We yeah. need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely becoming more of a little shit. Whereas in the previous episode, I was like, oh, he's really smooth. Like, that was a great pickup line. Mm. Like, that worked great. But no, now he is, he's burning boats. Yeah, that was messed up. Like, 
acting out majorly. Yeah. Yeah, not good. And someone we were doing a watch party in a, a like watch along for this episode in our discord server and uh christina pointed out if you're listening that she was like why it surprises me that arm would be against the war and i said i think she's just worried for her father and her brother i think that's her motivation yes. right there i still think because we see and i i got this from lee who apparently read it somewhere so i need to go back and read all the like old fantasy fair articles and stuff. Apparently, Aerian does end up being one of the Kingsmen instead of one of the faithful. So she's one of the like anti-elf isolationist people. Yeah, but I think her, the uh, way that she's coming at it though is that like why, at least in the situation that they're giving her, is like why risk Numenor's safety over this? Yeah, it's not that I don't get yeah. it. It's that I haven't had enough time to care about her or give a crap yeah, about her and her plot line I agree. for her to be end up being an antagonist yeah or like on i really went, like they've, they've started to give family. us stuff with her and elendil and a sealed door you know a sealed door is obviously going mm-hmm. to her for advice a lot of the time um yeah but i feel like she's always her character we haven't gotten to just see her really do her thing it's like kemen and with a sealed door she's defined by the men around yeah. her that's yeah. the problem yeah, so that's where I'm at with her. Like, I really wish that we had gotten a moment of, like, her doing her apprenticeship thing or, you know, whatever before yeah, she started. Yeah, I, I think we will see that later and we will wish we didn't see it. Well, I want to see <laughs> yeah. it, like, without yeah. reference to, like, I, I, just, I want to understand her passions and, like, what she cares about and not necessarily yeah. using her to get to know Isildur better, which I think is what's happened. Yeah. And so when this shift is happening i'm almost kind of like whatever like because i don't know her very well like i don't know what mm-hmm. what her relationship was like and and i don't think they've really talked that much about what it means to be a faithful or whatever you know what, what it means to be part of like yeah, a lindell's so. camp um yeah and i think that would that would be helpful in a lot of ways because we know how much it's going to change things i mean because we're already seeing like pharaoh's on laying a stick in the ground where he's like yeah i want to do this because i want to colonize like i want to like manipulate this whole situation get resources i'm like okay doing the bad guy thing (laughs) great job you know like it's pretty clear what that he's a little stinker but yeah when i told when i was like going through all the characters with my mom she was like yeah i don't like the hair i don't like him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, interesting, because I have said I think he has the best hair in the entire show. Yeah. His hair, That's like his hair luscious. and beard combo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it definitely gives a specific vibe, right? Oh, it's for sure, like, almost like Jafar <laughs> yeah. villain vibes, yeah. you know? I would, like, <laughs> I would even compare it to a lion, right? Like, Scar. <laughs> yeah, or just, he's, we're a, going you with, know, yeah, he's a villains. predator. He's prideful. He's, you yeah. know. He sees him, he thinks very highly of himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, yeah. And then we also have Miriel. I'm I'm so fascinated by her character mm. now because we have a moment of her talking to her father, and she's very excited to tell him, we're going to go fight this war. And he says, don't go to Middle Earth. And we don't really see any more of that. Maybe we'll see more of that playing out in the future episodes on their journey or like as they get there and things are going wrong. And she, but. There, there's a moment where Galad- after the boats, the ships are burned, Galadriel says, we have, you know, and we have your father's blessing. I know. And I'm really surprised that she didn't like. Oh, well. 
Yeah, or or you know, we didn't really see much of a reaction from that of her being like internally doubting it, but like she is still fully planning to go forth with this mission. So like I found that just I don't know, really interesting of like there's I think there's a lot more to uncover of of her what's going on with her as a leader and her like relationship as a daughter right. to him, you know. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that like makes this show in its current state a little like there's so much going on and there's so much that i would love to know about but like are we gonna get more muriel time because i love her and i think she's so complex and interesting but you know she's always just kind of like she's got to be in a scene with galadriel i mean she had her scene with her dad which is good but you know it's like i i just need to get to know these people a little bit more i think we're gonna see her leading a lot more once they get into middle earth which i'm excited for my thing with muriel is like i love her character and i think i know what they're doing with her character but i realize i'm coming at it as someone who knows the lore like pretty damn well um so I don't think they're fully, fully communicating the depth of her character to casual viewers yet. And I'm looking forward to I will seeing say, Yeah, I will say, I, so I know nothing about <laughs> Numenor's plot line or anything. Obviously, I know it, like, you know, gets wrecked. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, um, I like, I know nothing about it other than what I've seen in the show so far, basically. Um, so I think the fact that like, I'm still finding her character interesting, but I'm also like, there's clearly some other stuff Mm -hmm. going on underneath. Yeah. I think she's definitely playing a role right now. Yeah. That she's expected to play. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I loved all of the moments in this episode where she's like, yeah. And Lord Halbrand will be there. Right. (laughs) And Halbrand's like, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, Galadriel said you were going to be there. And he's like, let me, let, let's go have a yeah. chat. Like, let's go have a really tense chat where we actually should just be making out, but we're not going to do that. I know, their chemistry is like serious. And it, it's, re- and, yeah. and it's funny because like, I don't, I don't know. There are some times where they're talking to each other and I'm like, meh, like the part where she was like, some might say you manipulated me and I was like Galadriel that's kind of gross like why did you do that um but then when they finally are getting to the like the heart of the issue where they're like what is your deal you know it's like very like rom-com moment where they like finally reveal their feelings a little bit yeah um I, that scene everyone was acting their ass off and I was very I was I loved it that was a good one yeah where they were arguing mm-hmm. about like their motivations yes. and stuff yeah you know, my favorite thing about the Numenor this week, and this is just because I'm petty as all hell, when Galadriel is boarding the ship and we finally get her in her armor looking all... Oh, yeah. So I'm like, so let me get this straight. My girl came to Numenor with nothing, and now she's in her full armor, which means it's Numenorian armor, which means everyone who criticized the armor in the posters saying it did not look elven, it's because it was never it's elven to begin elven. with. <laughs> Hmm. It is almost like so true. They kind of actually know what they're doing, but at the same time, I was like, it doesn't look like anybody else's armor in Numenor. Like, and she's got a star on it. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, almost it, it maybe she stupid. had some design choices. I'm almost wondering, <laughs> she, like, I hope that they talk about it because one thing that I think is 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 ha- sad for me about the show is that a big part of the second age is like everybody having a great time 
uh, like, you know, the elves flourishing in Middle-earth and then Numenor mm-hmm. being, like, this beacon of humanity, you know, like, their craft and their knowledge is growing and is amazing. Um, and we don't, we're already, like, kind of cutting to, like, everything kind of in decline. And so we don't really get to see the friendship between Numenor and the elves, which I, I'm really, I'm kind of sad about. But mm-hmm. I wonder... Is this like an heirloom? Like maybe this piece of armor is maybe it like, could be. Elendil yeah, had it back over in the faithful camp, like it's like chilling. Wow, I've just been waiting for an elf with exactly your measurements <laughs> to show up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like they would have had to like make something for her. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like, I don't that, know either. That makes me think, like, how long did they have to make this huge, like this insane set of armor? Mm. I'm confused. I mean, about the but how many blacksmiths they have? Yeah, yeah. So the timeline goes back to my biggest criticism of the show is like, because everyone's trying to say, oh, it's the writing, it's the pacing, the writing's the problem. It's not necessarily the writing that's the problem, it's the editing that's Mm. the problem. There's like not a lot of consistency with the editing and that's why we're struggling to figure out what the timeline is. Yeah. And also everything kind of feels like it's going long. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think if if I were to make Rings of Power... (laughs) I probably would have approached it slightly differently and only covered like like this episode. I would have covered Numenor and yeah, like a little less. Yeah, and covered a little less. You can spend a little longer with each group of characters. Totally. So it feels like like a more meaty, you know, piece of story every time you're visiting that character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of meat, should we go to yes. elves, <laughs> the elven dwarven side of the story? Yeah. Durin continues to be a darling of the show. Yeah. More dwarves, please. That dinner scene when he was talking about the table <laughs> and like how sacred it is to the, I was like, he's 100% trolling them. <laughs> and sure enough, and then someone tweeted a map <laughs> of Lindon to Kazad and it's like, they have to carry they that, table that table 600 miles. And, and, but Doran makes sure to be like, because when Elrond was like looking upset and Doran was like, it's not that heavy. Like, it's not that big a deal. And then he's like, but then Elrond is like, oh, I have a different burden or whatever. But like they call out how heavy the table is. What a great, just so They're, great. Oh I my feel God. like the writers really understand the dwarves. Like. It's it's they, good. They, I think they really do. The dwarven stuff is just really sticking out and shining mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, speaking of shiny things too. Oh no. <laughs> let's let's talk about my moment of absolute genius, where I <laughs> sort of predicted okay. this from the beginning because when they I like I posted a TikTok with all of the different clips of me saying, "Oh, I really hope that thing in the box is a Silmaril." And it really bothers me that Maglor Silmaril is just like in the ocean. And I'm like, how do you know that I didn't wash up on shore and end up in a how tree do you know it didn't get on the top of a mountain? It didn't end in up a in a tree. tree. I will say, I don't, I, I think somehow this idea that like, oh yeah, the remains of the Silmaril are in this mountain. I think somehow that's a, I have to say. I don't believe a word that Gilgalad or Celebrimbor is saying. Everything is a massive manipulation on their part. Why are they so shady? It's so bad. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) why is Gilgalad so shady? Oh my gosh. The fact that what really, I mean, 
Elrond's doing the most here with the elves because he sticks to his oath because I was going to be really pissed if they make him break it. Like, Elrond understands the power of an oath. Like, and so I love that he was honest with Durin, but what's going on with, like, Celebrimbor and Gilgalad is really, like, it, it's not hitting for me. So, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's important to note that Elrond calls that legend uh apocryphal and basically meaning it's not considered true or genuine so thank god but the whole a like the mechanics of it like a tree okay so there's a jewel in a tree and then the lightning hits it and then somehow that imbues it into the tree's root into the mountain i mean it's it's, i'm like there's a lot of maybe maybe um aaron deals flying through the sky and then oops, he dropped it <laughs> and it i mean it's just we would have bigger issues then yeah <laughs> and then we have the whole thing with like the idea that the mithril can save them i mean that i'm so confused about this entire it's something that like i was confused about watching lord of the rings mm-hmm. the the trilogy i was like so why are they dying? What's the whole point of all of this? I was like, so is 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 um Arwen's life essence in that necklace that she gave Aragorn? No. I was mm, that was so, totally a movie thing. She, yeah. I was yeah. so confused. Yeah. I know that's why I was because having re- I read the books first and then I watched the movies for the um for the podcast. I was like, what's I don't get it. What's happening with the-? so again here with the show where they're like, yeah, the elves are dying and it's. It's up to it's up to the you know a dwarves. bit of you know dramatic irony it's a, too that like it's up to the dwarves to quote unquote save them. We see in the third age, and they hit this a lot more in the film. I feel mm-hmm. like that the kind of the grace of the elves are leaving Middle Earth because of the growing evil. And uh, Alron makes a point of saying that Arduin will not if Sauron makes a full return to power that Arduin will not survive the presence of the evil world. So I guess they're kind of going off of that, that connection that the light of the Eldar can be diminished if there's great evil mm-hmm. present. And the Sauron we're getting here is, you know, he's going to be 10 times stronger than the Sauron we see in the third yeah. age. It's just like, I don't think... But then how did they get through the first war? I'm sorry. Yeah, I just don't think they're doing Questions. a good job of like explaining the connection between like how they're logically thinking through Eldar fading, Mithril need to bathe in, also darkness marching over the face of the earth. So it's like, it goes like with Gilgalad, it goes from, um, Hey, we need this. So we don't die. And then when Elrond is still like, Hey, like my soul is bound to this oath. Like I'm not fucking with that. And he's, and then Gilgalad ups it to, if the elves abandon Middle-earth now, the armies of darkness will march over the face of the earth and it will be the end of not just our people, but all peoples. And I'm like, you're just pulling shit out of your ass now, dude. Like, it's just, you're not, the, the logical leaps you're making. They think really highly of themselves that they're like, if we're not involved, so, everyone yeah. is going to die. And maybe that I could be true, but I don't know. I feel like I kind of hate, other than Arandir, whom I love with all my heart, I kind of hate the elves right yeah. now. Mostly the Linden elves, like they're not. They're kind of making them, they're really shady, and I'm not getting good vibes and from them. And it makes me sad because we all. should be. We should, yeah. we should be. I mean, yeah. they've always been <laughs> The elves, like, let's not get it twisted. The elves have always kind of been jerks. Yeah. I, yeah, and maybe but. that's what they're trying to lean into. But I just think that, like, 
I should like them a little more than I do. And it, it's just, it also bothers me that, like, Celebrimbor obviously knows about Mithril and, like, has some. Talking about how he's yes. tested it. And, like, well, how did you get that? Like, didn't he test Elrond's sample? Is that, is but that he what wasn't he was supposed refer- to show yeah, that maybe. to anyone. That was a part of the oath. True. I don't know what they're doing. And also the editing know. is confusing there because it's like, where did yes. that piece of mithril come from? It was just suddenly in your hand. And I and if they are trying to imply that it's the one that Elrond had, then he did break the oath because he yeah. swore on, on pain of death to not show it to anybody. Like or the pain of sadness well, upon yeah. his family. Like but, lots of pain. Yeah, the, the editing there is 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 hurting us, I think, because you're right, like you can't make a big deal out of an oath and then just really casually or off screen break it. Yeah. Like, break it the next episode. Yeah. Unsatisfying. And just the idea of like, like that should have been a longer arc playing And out. just like the whole idea of he's like, yeah, nothing diminishes its light. I'm gonna saturate every elf in it. I'm like it the what is happening? It's I just wrote in my notes yeah. like what the because I, I just yeah. whatever they just made up for this part, it the math ain't mathin' for me. And it's <laughs> it really it makes that part so hard to watch. Even though I love Alrond and Durin and, and Disa, I'm like, just take me back to Castle Doom. Just right, take me back. Yeah, let's just go back yeah. to yeah, them singing and having dinner and the dwarven children like giggling in the background. When are yeah. we gonna see the kids? I would like to see the dwarven I think they're just gonna be off screen. Unfortunately. But I running around off screen. I would love to see just like ki- you know, kids, but with like beards. full like prosthetic <laughs> beards on them, you know? <laughs> it's like really hairy kids. <laughs> oh my god, love it. Oh, and also I really hated that when Elrond was talking to Celebrimbor and was like, so you also lied mm. to me. Celebrimbor, instead of like addressing the situation, he's like, you know, I was there the day your dad l- abandoned you. And <laughs> it was so <laughs> gaslighting. And the dad guilt tripping. Uh, awful. 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 Also, the way that it was really fun for me, it is fun. There are some moments in the show where I'm like, I know what happened there. And it the show makes it sound like Aaron Dill's just like up and left the whole family yeah. behind when like, no, your mom also went. Oh, speaking of his mom, I love that Duran said, go pack your feathery yes. shirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> me mom's a bird and me dad's a star. That he noticed the fact that he noticed. The feathery sh- shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So good. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Does okay. Do, we we just talked for an hour straight about so many things. Were there any like random thoughts that you guys wanted to share or something? Callie, I feel like all, the three of us were just speaking and talking, and you were just so gracefully listening. Do you have anything that you want to jump in and, and add? Um. No. I mean, when I agree with things, then I just listen. <laughs> and and not okay. A lot, cool. So yeah. <laughs> No, and I and I got I got a chance to make a few points so that you know that I wanted to make so I'm I'm pretty good. Cool. One thing that I wanted to 
I, that I noticed is in when we were talking about the songs, um, the song that the Numenorians were singing, it really, like, if you listen to the words, like, I'm an old lady now and I have to watch everything with the subtitles on. Oh, yeah. Is everyone else watching with subtitles? Because oh, yeah. I am all the time. <laughs> I used to be like, that's dumb. But now I'm like, I need it. What did they say? They I don't so know much. what they just said. <laughs> Amber, please jump in and, and say goodbye to the group. It's totally cool that you need to. Oh, no, no. It's just my dog's barking in the background so i'm I'm gonna casually bow out now (laughs) Uh, no worries thank you yeah thank you for for joining us for for a bit um and listeners i will link everything from amber in the episode description so make sure to go check her out so yeah thank you so much for having me and y'all enjoy enjoy wrapping up and i'll talk to you all soon see you later bye Okay, so Andy, you were saying about the yes, songs. Like if you listen to the lyrics or watch them on your screen as I did, mm-hmm. it was interesting word choices that they used and I felt like it really was glorifying valor more than I imagined um Numenorians doing. It definitely gave me like Rohirrim vibes in a little way, but like the whole thing with mm. um this is something that we dived into in one of our episodes on the podcast of Tolkien with Friends is talking about the description that Faramir gives of the Numenorians versus the middlemen of Middle-earth who are like the Rohirrim versus the wild men who are like, you know, the men of Dunland. Um, and just how they have different, they're different cultural differences and also like how the way he described it is like having this value of like knowledge and physical strength, and but also like having... Um, like the whole thing with Numenorians is like having farsighted and you know being really intuitive and you know just having a lot of knowledge and craftsmanship. Whereas people like the Rohirrim, they're really glorifying valor and strength of arms and you know they're get things done in this in type of thing. And so it was interesting. Like I was like this, the lyrics of this song I feel like fit better with like a that version of men, like the men of Middle Earth, better than what I would say. A Numenorean song like this should be. Um, and I also understand like they're going off to war and maybe it's like specifically for that purpose. But I also think that it's like, it's just interesting because one of the things that I was really hoping with the show is that we get to see like the amazingness that is Numenor, but we've cut so fast to like the decline of Numenor that I'm like, are we going to get to see these men and these people of this island really like doing the most or are they all just going to be kind of shitty at this point like not saying that like Muriel is shitty but like I think she's really cool and Elendil is obviously the best but he's not like like they everyone used to have more of a his attitude and we've you know we've flipped we've gone so far into their future with the timeline compression that rather than like seeing it all happen we're just like cutting to that part and so um I don't know. I was really hoping that the show would like showcase more of like what made Numenor Numenor, uh, but they really are giving me like Middle Earth guy vibes a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe I think maybe the show should have started out with like setting up Numenor, you know, and like I I get though the I get how hard it is though because in order to show the grand scheme of things, you're not having the same Numenor characters every episode then, you know? So I almost think we could have used like a 
prequel for Numenor as well. Like, like we got kind of yeah. an explanation from Galadriel about the stuff with the elves, but I kind of think it would have been nice if we could have just had, like, a couple of episodes dedicated to, like, whatever they're setting us up for. You know what I mean? Like, show us mm. the elves and the Numenorians chilling and being cool, you know? Um, that I think that... And show us, like how Numenor got started and, you know, just, like, we, we get yeah. Gil-Galad at the beginning of the series talking about, like, now come the days of peace. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there should have been this whole peaceful time. And yeah. I, I really would have liked to see that. But here we are. But here Who we knows? are. Yeah. Who knows what they'll do next? Um, and, the, and the way this episode ended, it, like, watching it again today, it almost feels like episodes one through five is kind of, like, one movie of a trilogy and we're setting up for the next movie mm. almost because the way this episode ended it felt like okay the next episode is going to be the season finale mm. yeah you know like really leading to some huge great battle or something but there's still three more episodes mm. left so i am really interested as always to see where where the rest of this is going to go cuz i think they've really set up that like some big things are going to happen but I also don't want us to wait two more episodes for the, yeah. you know, like they have all these like really grand moments. That so almost, lead it somewhere. I think that it's going to be like, mm, you know, in Return of the King, how it's kind of like you have your big thing, but then we get some like after stuff that's like, oh, everything's nice. I'm almost like it's episode six, like the, the climax in a way. And we have like some of our storylines converging, maybe... Um, we push evil to another day and then it's like episodes seven and eight are like, oh, Numenorians doing fun <laughs> with the men of Middle Earth. And like, I mean, obviously like Farazhan wants to colonize, but he talked about lifting up the people, you know, like getting them on their side a little bit. So maybe there's like some friendly shit happening there and then maybe we'll finally get to, you know... Linden elves and the dwarves being chill together. They like they're we're gonna have that conflict about the the mithril. Like if he can convince his dad, yeah. Um. So maybe they decide on that, and then they start forging. So that by the end of the series, maybe we finally get a ring. I don't know. It's in the title. I'm still waiting. <laughs> maybe maybe we make one ring per season. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, <laughs> or at least like the lesser rings. Yeah. Could start. So I'm wondering yeah. if it's like. So we have this, everything's chill, and then the final thing is, like, maybe an Anatar tease. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I really, like, just don't know what I to know. think. That's all so. I got. It, yeah, it wouldn't be great for pacing if they, like, moved the next three along really fast, though. Yeah. People yeah. will have something to say about that. It's interesting, so. like, we have no idea how much time is passing or how much these timelines are, like, close to each other. Like, we know that, like, between episodes it was, like, hey, the dwarves are going to help you out. And then they're already building the tower. Like, so is the tower almost done? Yeah. Like, when is spring? That's another thing that really bothers me is this deadline of spring. It yeah. seems very arbitrary. I'm like, are you ever going to explain that one? Why it's What's this happening? spring? Yeah, like, why yeah. in the world would you think that your spirit, the Eldar spirits are fading that fast? That's bananas. Like, even... Somebody is lying to them. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's like... Like, I get it, the Eldar fading is something that people are familiar with, but it just seems like, even in Lord of the Rings, I didn't think, like, it didn't ever felt like, uh, yeah, you've got, like, two seconds before everyone just, poof, I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, so are they just gonna 
Yeah, are they just going to, like, Thanos disappear? Like, is that what's going to happen? What did it sound like? And I'm like, that's a little much. So, who knows? Um, Okay, to end us on a little bit of a positive note, then, what were each of your favorite moments from the episode? Do you have a favorite, Mary? Okay, I have to... I feel like I need to make a rule for myself that I can't choose a Halbrand moment. (laughs) (laughs) So... Gonna um, I would say a favorite help like if I'm if I I love the moment where he sets down whatever that little pouch oh, is yeah. and he walks away, mm. and then at the last minute he's like fine yeah. and grabs it and runs away with it. Um, I love everyone on this like most recent TikTok that I've made about Halbram and saying like, well, you know he's Sauron, right? And I'm like. He's not Sauron. I really think he is going to be... A lot of people think he's going to be the king of the dead, mm. um, the the ghost army that we see in Return of the King. And I love that because this idea that, like, you have this guy who failed to... Uni- to who failed to, like, return as a leader, and he is later set free by the guy who returned as a leader and... And I love that because... Like, oh. It was successful in that. You know, we're going to see him grow up in this show. And so by the time it comes to fight Sauron, and you you can kind of see Halbrand, like, being a good guy, kind of waffling on if he wants to step up, that kind of thing. I mean, that feels very true to the the King of the Dead armies because he, while they secretly kind of worship Sauron, so I could totally see him leading people that do that, right? Which we know is true of the Southlands. But then you, but then um, the witch, or like the King of the Dead, he swore to help Isildur in the Battle of the Last Alliance and then they they don't do it. They just stay home. And then they peace yeah. out or whatever. And then yeah. that's when Isildur curses them. And so it's kind of, that would be kind of be amazing to see like him grow up and like leading these men and then also being like, Halbrand, we were good. Yeah, you didn't yeah. show up. <laughs> so, um, I like that. I definitely, I just, I just hate so many people being like, you know, he's Sauron. And I'm like, he's there's no way he's Sauron because Sauron would if this was if this was really Sauron, he would not be that reluctant to take power, you know. So, okay, But anyway, okay, But a non Halbrand favorite moment. Um, I loved the fight sequence, the sword fight with Galadriel and the soldiers training them. The um, but what really elevated that scene for me was the score underneath it and how it was like choreographed to her movements and like it was and like it was really creative and you know like bits of like humor thrown in there too so i i really enjoyed that that part of the episode that that was i was going to say that would be my favorite part as well and the pure joy on her face oh yeah she was when having a she's great fighting time. That's cool. yeah. she's having fun. Um, she's making, you know, she her her physical acting in that is is really really fantastic. Yeah, mm. I feel like the Numenorean theme is slow. It's like quickly becoming my favorite because every time they use it, it's like ooh ah, you know, I like I love it, and it, it really um, it's it's one of those things where it does harken back to when you're watching Lord of the Rings the movies with Howard Shore's films where it's like it draws you in in a way that you weren't really expecting. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, there's like several little bits and pieces that I loved in this episode. I think like whenever you've got Elrond and Doran together, I mean, they're a dynamic duo. Like, 
they are so fun. Their re- their relationship oh is so good. The way that they the way that Elrond broke it to Durin and Durin didn't like when Durin we've seen Durin mad at Elrond before, but the way that he took it was I thought it was very cute and like making him say that like yeah. the lives of the Eldar are in Durin's hand. He was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, in the in the same scene, saying, "Give me the yeah. meat and give it to me raw." <laughs> I mean, it, they're memeable as heck. <laughs> oh, I love it. And then I think my second thing is just the relationship between Elendil and Isildur. Like, we got to see more of that in this episode. And I just, like, the way Elendil talks to Galadriel on point, the way he talks to Isildur, I'm like, you're being a good, like, you're good at doing this dad thing, you know? Um, so Elendil really shown in this episode for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are my faves. Yeah, some really qual. Yeah, yeah, I think some really quality moments from seeing a lot. I don't know, seeing a lot of growth on Isildur's side. I was really worried when they were like, "No, you're gonna go sweep the stables." Mm, that he was gonna and like throw a fit. I was, and everyone was kind of laughing at him. I was really worried that he was going to be really pissed about. But you see him laughing it off with his friends. I'm like, okay, whew, we're gonna yeah. be good, yeah. maybe <laughs> for the time being. Okay. So, yeah. Um, well, thank you both for joining and shout out Amber, um, for joining us as well. Um, you already said at the beginning of the episode, but please tell us again, where can people find you on the internet? So I'm Callie Cosplay on TikTok and also co-host of the Voices of Adda podcast, which you can find on, well, where you find podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) That's just always the best answer. It's just like, just go where you find podcasts, (laughs) whatever you're, yeah, just find it there. It's probably there. Uh, it's yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> More or less. Um, so yeah, so you can follow me on, this is Andy, you can follow me on TikTok at AndyINC, um, and then with everything else, it's Tolkien with Friends. You can also find all the links to that at TolkienWithFriends.com. That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod. Follow the podcast on social media at Pod, And you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at MCWhatsUp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Pod. There are different tiers and perks available depending on what level of support you want to show. But remember, I literally love, love, love so much anyone who wants to show any level of support. So just the fact that you want to do that to begin with is enough for me. You can become a sponsor of the podcast like Susan. Susan, thank you so much. You are our newest sponsor. I appreciate that support so much. I appreciate that you are enjoying the podcast and I hope that you are enjoying Rings of Power. I mean, as you could tell from this episode, I have a lot of excitement surprisingly around the series, but I know that a lot of people have varying feelings. So I hope that you're able to find enjoyment out of it. And I hope that you're able to find enjoyment out of these episodes on the podcast and that, you know what? I just hope everyone is enjoying things, you know? Like, are the vibes good? So thank you, Susan. I appreciate your support. Do either of you want to jump in with some parting words for the audience? Continue enjoying the show. If you liked an episode and then you hear a lot of people being like, ah, I didn't like it because of this or that, don't let that stop you from liking it. Like, still like it. 
Just dislike it unapologetically. That would be my only advice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that what we've seen so far is really gorgeous and really beautiful. I think all the actors are bringing their A-game, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So People have worked hard on this show, and, it's, and you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, I'm not going to write off all of that effort based on one episode or one scene. Um, so I'm really excited to see where this goes. I... I'm so interested to see how the season ends. I can't believe that we're already, like, yeah. getting close to that after, like, years of anticipation. So, so much, much waiting. So much build up. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to season two already. Yes. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. 